wild weekend of Pokemon podcasting for me. If you're new, hi, this is Pikapi Podcast, Pokemon anime podcast. And the idea was that we'd go through each episode in the series, starting with episode one and continuing on till whenever it decides to stop. And that worked really well in theory, but every now and then stuff happened and had to get taken out of context. Episodes got deleted and lost and had to be re-recorded or just missed and then done out of order, and occasionally I can't resist talking about things that happen in the future. So today, in the regular show, I'm coming at you with episode 32 of Advanced Generation. Over on my Patreon feed is a special episode covering uh, episode 42 of Sun and Moon, and then in the midst of all that, I was also taking notes and rewatching episode 15 of Indigo, because it's about time I re-recorded that, and episode 15 is one of the lost episodes, and it, it that project has ended up being a lot more complicated than it really should have been. But this weekend, in trying to do that, I have, I have commented and written up notes on three different stages of Ash's life, and it's been a little trippy. feel like I got just whacked by a Celebi. Like, there's already a massive difference between who Ash is by Hoenn and who Ash is in Kanto. Add that into Sun and Moon Ash, and you, you, jeesh. That boy has seen some character development. Anyway, if you want to, to get some of that perspective, head on over to my Patreon, patreon.com slash professional dork. Those who sign up for a dollar a month get all my special episodes and access to that feed, past and present. You can dig through past episodes of me covering things like Pokemon Origins and Pokemon Adventures, and right now, Sun and Moon, episodes 42 and 43, where we revisit Brock and Misty, and if you thought Ash had character development between now and the future, my goodness, Kasumi, she is queen. Despite the fact that we have not seen her for years, that girl has managed to come so far as a character. It's it's really astounding, and I loved talking about it, so please give that a, a, a look, or a listen, rather. And since that episode covers the Japanese language track, you also get to hear me try to say Ishisubute over and over without tongue tripping. So there's that. Anyway, welcome, welcome everybody to Peekappy Podcast, which is covering Advanced Generation, episode 32, Abandoned Ship. Grateful to have you with us for the day. 
And Pappy Podcast is brought to you by PokePress, a resource and celebrator of Pokemon fans. And if you head on over to their YouTube right now, you'll find a video asking what your opinions are of the ending theme music for the 11th Pokemon movie, Giratina and the Sky Warrior, aka the Shaman movie. Shaman, Shaman, whatever language you speak in, whatever part of the world you are, might be different. <laughs> Not the point. The point is, Stephen and I will be discussing how we feel about both the ending themes uh, for English and Japanese. The Japanese theme is One by Crystal K. I'm very excited to talk about her. And the English side had Aaron Brotherton's This is a Beautiful World. We both have opinions, and we'll continue to evolve our opinions as we put that episode together, but we'd love to hear what some of your opinions are. That will definitely make the episode more interesting and possibly shape how we, how we approach discussing these two very nice and different songs. And of course, the conceit of the series that Stephen and I have kind of been doing of, of these music ending theme discussions has been, you know, between the Japanese and the English side, because that is the divide for a great deal of fandom, is, is the original Japanese version versus the English dub. But it is true that in other countries, other Pokemon music may exist. This occasionally results in different opening themes or ending themes for the anime, or possibly different musical items involved in a movie. So if that is the case in your country and you're just, you know, raring for somebody to talk about it, this is the time. Hit us up, um, hit PokePress up on YouTube, or send me an email to podcast at gmail.com, and we would be so happy to track that music down and talk about it in this upcoming episode if if that is the case either way please continue to share your thoughts and check out poke press on youtube in their other capacities in covering pokemon and the people in that world you can also find them at pokepress.blogspot.com anyway let's get to it advanced generation number 32 abandoned ship the kids have finally left Duford Island, hallelujah. They are on their way to Mauville City by way of Slateport City. Um, Slateport is where they're going to dock. Uh, the, there's a nice port there, Slateport, and, and also a contest hall. May can get her first chance to actually put her money where her mouth is and do something about this dream. And then they'll go to Mauville, where Ash's next gym battle can take place. So... The two of them have practiced, they've trained, they're on route. This is the good part of the road trip, where everything's working and we're hitting the high. Except for the fact that the boat they're taking back to the mainland is driven by Team Rocket. So I expect this all to go south real fast. On the one hand, I'm surprised the Twerps didn't figure this one out. After all, they didn't just approach Team Rocket, like, they are interacting with the drivers of this boat a lot. But on the other hand, we have established in the Pokemon world that there's a lot of people who look a lot like each other. We've run into one or two people who look a lot like Ash, to the point where a woman mistook him for her son. Jesse has a definite clone. Um, the entire field of law enforcement and Pokemon healthcare is dominated by clones, and 
even Professor Oak's Hawaiian cousin is identical, save for a tan and that mullet, so between that and Team Rocket being masters of disguise, it is possible the twerps have actively decided that, you know, we can be paranoid and be jerks to everyone we meet who has red or blue hair or has a meowth or every kindly old couple who approaches us. Or we can be decent people and secure in the knowledge that if Team Rocket did dupe us, we can beat them into the ground. <laughs> like, better to let ourselves be tricked and suffer minor inconvenience than to, like, just be rude to everybody we meet because we're scared. Maybe. That's how I like to think Ash is approaching the situation. But uh, again, on a, on a third hand, today's disguise is actually kind of brilliant. I know, it looks so simple and so obvious. It's, it's just waiters and sunglasses, but think about it. They're giving away food. Team Rocket is taking the food in their possession and giving it to the twerps. If I were Ash, I'd be like, yeah, that can't be Team Rocket. No way on earth. So, the ruse holds, and Team Rocket even has a special snack for Pikachu. And while Pikachu's eaten the Pokemon food, they snatch him up in a bag, apparently made out of the same rubber as their waterproof wading pants. It's repelling electricity, so they're safe. And Team Rocket breaks out into their motto. And, I, you know, I gotta give them their flair, but really, the middle of robbing somebody is an absolutely audacious time to break out into a dance number, or whatever they do. It's all the more hilariously ridiculous, because they've questioned this in the past. Like, why do we always do the motto? Like, maybe we should just straight up rob them and get away. <laughs> well, Max is hurt by the reveal. He thought they were just a nice old couple. And Ash isn't too thrilled about this situation either. But like I said, getting duped, not the hugest deal. He just has Corfish slice the bag holding Pikachu. Pikachu gets free before Team Rocket can make their getaway in the Magikarp sub. Corfish also dodges Saviper and beats it back with Crab Hammer, and then May's Beautifly knocks Team Rocket off the boat. So, some days, Team Rocket is more of a minor inconvenience than others. Like, yeah, I really think Ash and his friends are a bit more aware that any and all strangers could be Team Rocket in disguise but choose to give people the benefit of the doubt, because in the Pokemon world, trust is a valued trait. Most of the time. I mean, Ash has also on occasion got into unmarked vans with supposedly nice strangers, so maybe he's just naive. Anyway, Pikachu explodes Team Rocket and the Magikarp sub, sending the whole thing blasting off. The real problem is less the Team Rocket attack and more the aftermath, because Team Rocket has been planning to get away in the submarine and leave the twerps stranded. So the boat is out of gas, and there's no radio. And if that weren't bad enough, clouds are rolling in. So the kids are on deck, like, huddled together and trying not to be scared. But the boat's just drifting along with the waves. They don't know where they're going. Like, maybe the wind and tide are headed in the direction of the mainland, Maybe their dead bodies will wash up on Alola, but through the fog, salvation appears. Another boat, a cruise ship. But not sailing. It's moored in rocks and sand, so... In theory, we shouldn't be that far from some kind of land. Or or maybe it's a coral reef in the middle of the ocean. I don't, I don't know how oceans work. But weird as this is, Ash and Brock decide to get on board and check for a radio or something. 
May gets her fake reporter hat on, starts narrating again, and faces the audience when she does. Like, Ash has bumped into the fourth wall a few times. Team Rocket's flat out broken it. I don't know where May stands on that spectrum, but times like this, I wonder if she can at least see that there is a wall there and it is not opaque. (laughs) Anyway, the kids aren't the only ones here. They spy a little motorboat, and just as they're wondering about that, a dude comes out onto the deck of this mystery ship. He's real confused, like, where did these kids come from? What are they doing here? The one chick is narrating, that's a bit weird. But he's friendly, his name is Tommy. He's investigating the ship. This old boat has been sitting here ever since it crashed, all the passengers got off safely, and the Coast Guard just left it. So Tommy's checking it out. Maybe the thing can be moved somehow. Like, I feel like if you tied some cables to it and made nice with the local whale lord, you could drag this thing off the rocks or gather all the psychic Pokemon trainers together. Like, this is probably doable. Mewtwo could manage it by itself. A team of Pokemon could probably work something out. So really, Tommy's purpose here is less about the ship. Actually, he was a passenger on this boat the day it crashed. He escaped, but in the process, lost track of his Marsh Stomp. He's hoping that maybe Marsh Stomp made it back to the ship, and if he keeps coming by and poking around, they can reunite. That's sad. Anyway, if you've forgotten, Marsh Stomp is the evolved form of Mudkip. Um, Tommy is happy to give the kids food and, and ferry them back to land when he's done looking around, so May and Ash chill a bit, they eat some snacks, let their Pokemon run around, Which is where the trouble begins. Torchic sees something moving in the shadows behind a door, goes to check it out, and finds utter horror. Something is there, growling and being menacing. Torchic freaks out and then vanishes. May runs at the sound of little chicken screams, but her Pokemon is gone. And we can take comfort in the fact that whatever got Torchic also got Meowth. Because this is where Team Rocket blasted off to, right through the deck of the boat, it seems like. And while they're trying to find a way out, Meowth gets snatched from the hall. It's very spooky. And the third victim is Max. He gets swiped and wakes up tied with string shot and suspended in the air at the bottom of the boat. It's a lot for a little kid to deal with. But through him, we find what happened to Torchic and Meowth. The same thing. They got caught and hogtied and left down here. Why? Still working on that. Max decides to apply his brain to the problem. He can't free himself and Meowth can't free himself, but together they could get out of here. Max asks Meowth to cut him loose with the claws on his feet, and then Max will let Meowth and Torchic down. This plan is smart and works for about five seconds before a spinnerack shows up and ties Max up again. So, as revenge for botching the plan, Meowth turns the three into a perpetual motion pendulum. While searching for Max and Torchic, the rest of the gang discover water Pokémon like Meryl and Azuril. It seems the Pokémon have made this boat their home. And that seems to happen a lot. Pokémon tend to make habitats out of buildings and areas after the humans are done. Like, some clearly prefer undisturbed nature, but we tend to find a lot of Pokémon that will take this old ramshackle house, and be like, we're gonna DIY this place and make it ours. Like what we've seen in some of the Pichu Brothers shorts with those Pokemon that live in the city. They just 
collect old junk the humans don't need and make themselves the most awesome clubhouse. Like, I don't know. It gives credence to the show's statements that when humans work with Pokemon on all levels, like both sides work better. Like in our world, a boat stranded out here like this is basically a disaster, littering and disturbing the wildlife. But here, the Azuril and Meryl have made it a new opportunity. Anyway, Team Rocket also finds some water Pokemon. A Golduck that kind of loves Super Sentai poses. <laughs> Other than that, uh, Golduck really doesn't care about Jesse and James. But something else does. It, it swipes James from behind and pulls him off into the shadows. So he ends up with the captured, tied-up crew. And the bickering breaks out. Who gets cut down first? Who smacked who? And while that's going down, May is the next victim. She gets dragged into the water towards the very bottom dregs of the boat. And since the Torps were actually on the ball for this one, Brock sends out Mugkip to try to find her before whatever this is drags her too far. And, and it was a good thought, but even Mudkip is not fast enough to catch whatever took May. So she ends up with the rest of the Pendulum gang. And maybe it's just because he wants to throw shade, but James actually looks happy to see May. <laughs> and there does seem to be a bit of a rivalry going, too. Team Twerp and Team Rocket are keeping score. Like, we, we're even. We both got two people each caught. And no, our side has more people to begin with. Like, if you lose one more, you've got no one to rescue you. <laughs> Admittedly, while Team Rocket is down to one person left, that one is Jessie, and she's kind of scarier than any boogeyman, usually. Not today. <laughs> Whatever's hiding in the shadows gets the better of her. Like, seriously, that is a face she makes. Wow. So she's in the club now, and Wobbuffet, that guy, popped out of his Pokeball and then got caught a second later. Even Team Rocket's reserve member, they are really down to zero. So yeah, everyone's getting picked off one by one, and it doesn't change until Pikachu sees a hand or paw thing come out of the water, and he attacks. Thunderbolts, and if you know your Pokemon, you've figured out what this mysterious shadow is, and also you should know Thunderbolt should not have worked. But it's Pikachu, so it does work, and it forces the Pokemon to jump out of the water in a blaze of glory. Revealed, we see it is a Swampert. The evolved form of Mudkip and Marshtomp. Yes, the pieces are starting to come together. Tommy gets it too. This could be his missing Marshtomp. And while it is not the friendly one it once was, it runs away and the crew gives chase, and it disappears around a corner into the water. Brock sends his Mudkip to follow, and they all follow Mudkip. They go swimming around and surface in another part of the boat, following Swampert into the room with all their friends. Rescue has arrived! Assuming they can get past Swampert and Spinarak, Brock seems confident. He thinks Water Gun can break through the threads. It is not an application of Water Gun I'd usually consider possible, but I'll power to him. They don't get the chance to test it because Swampert attacks and Ash and Corfish step up to the plate. Corfish has some real competition here, and it needs to train with Pikachu some more since Swampert whips out Iron Tail and Corfish just goes down. And maybe that's for the best because Tommy is sure that it's his Marsh Stomp out here evolved into Swampert, and if so, he doesn't want to battle it. 
Swampert does not feel the same way. It shoots Tommy with Mud Bomb. After all, it's been gone a long time. It feels like Tommy abandoned it after the accident, and so it's gone completely down the rabbit hole of anger and rage, just holed up in this boat and being like, Leave me alone, humanity! Spinarak is its cohort in this. I, I wonder if it has a similar story? Like, we never really find out. But Tommy gets to explain his side of the story. In the panic of evacuating the boat, the two got separated, and Tommy thought Marshtop had been recalled into its Pokeball. Only after reaching shore did he realize that, no, that didn't happen. At all. Brock's Mudkip steps in to say a few words. I, I don't know that it helps. Uh, but Tommy appeals to the memories they made in training together, growing from two youngsters and learning Iron Tail together. You know... It ruins the moment, but just once I want an episode where someone is separated from their Pokemon and comes across one several years later, except it's totally not their Pokemon at all. And Ash and the, his friends, like, their helpful act of the day is helping the Pokemon get rid of this human that keeps pestering it and, and gently convincing them that, no, this isn't your Voltorb. Yes, I know they all look alike, but it really doesn't know you. <laughs> that would also be a really sad episode. Maybe we don't want to do that. But in this case, the two friends are who they think they are, and they're reunited. Swampert believes Tommy when he says he never meant to abandon it, and that he came back to this ship to try and find it. So they're hugging. It's sweet. Meanwhile, May, Max, Torchic, et al. are losing circulation to their limbs. Please someone take initiative and cut them down. Once that's done, Team Rocket is ready for revenge. I mean, Pokemon to steal and, and payback, two birds with one stone. Except, like, Swampert can kind of take them easily. So that battle lasts all of a second. So Tommy's goal of reuniting with Swampert has succeeded, and the secondary mission, checking out the boat, well, it's become a home for Pokemon. And sort of a layover spot for migrating Pokemon. Taking it away would be just mean, so Tommy decides to stay with Swampert for a bit and help fix it up, make it a better Pokemon habitat. But first, Tommy's gonna give all the kids a ride to Slateport City like he promised. May's got a contest to get to. Oh my gosh, that girl is gonna have a contest! Finally, we'll see what she's made of. <laughs> By the sound of the dialogue, Ash is gonna be real disappointed when he gets to Slateport City and does not have a battle. I think he's already forgotten which one is Slateport and which one is Mauville, but whatever. <laughs> the journey goes on. A cute little filler episode. I don't know, there's something, like, Tommy's a really friendly guy, but there's something about this situation that, like, I feel less sympathetic toward him than I have towards other, you know, trainer been separated from Pokemon, time goes by, but they're trying to reunite. Like, I don't know what it is, it just... It's kind of implied that a lot of time has gone by, and the situation feels like such that Tommy really should have been able to get out here earlier. I mean, we don't really know Tommy, so I could be judging a little bit, but yeah, there's just something about him that's like, I don't doubt he loves Swampert and all that, it's just, I don't feel the connection in the same way I have from other trainers in a similar situation. It's kind of weird to explain. And possibly unwarranted. 
But anyway, you can share your thoughts about this episode and or comment on any of the others or get access to the Patreon feed, Sun and Moon number 43, uh, just dropped. So please enjoy that. You can find all that fun stuff at pcappypodcast.blogspot.com or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at pcappypodcast. Whatever the case, whatever you want to do, wherever you want to do it, uh, thank you so much for listening. Talk to you all next time. This has been Peak Happy Podcast. Gotta catch them all. (laughs) 